Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. If you're a last-minute gift shopper, then Instacart is your holiday rescue app this season. No more tracking packages, no more trips to the post office, and no more Christmas gifts arriving in February. Instead, you can just download Instacart to order gifts like beauty, tech, and gourmet goods from local stores and get them delivered in as fast as one hour. Plus, right now, you'll get free delivery on your first three orders. This offer is valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Must be 21-plus to purchase alcohol where available. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about a frustrating injury for Jesse Edwards and Syracuse's final regular season push. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman. And our guest today is our great friend from Syracuse.com and the Post Standard, Mike Waters. Mike, how are you today? It's great to talk to you. Wes, I'm doing good, and it's always good to hear your voice and talk to you too. So I'm glad for this opportunity. Yeah, of course, Mike. And I want to get you started on this one. Syracuse lost to Virginia Tech on Saturday, but before that they were on a four-game winning streak. I want to get your take on that. Was it a dip in competition, or did Syracuse make some big adjustments? Um, it wasn't necessarily a dip in the competition. Now, you know, granted, you weren't playing, you know, Duke at the top of the league or North Carolina then or Notre Dame or anybody like that. But you still had a very good Wake Forest team come to the Dome, and you still had to go on the road to NC State. And I know NC State's having a bad year, but that's that team can still play you tough, especially in their own gym. So those were nice wins. The big thing was is the offense was just clicking um, for the, all, you know, basically all four of the games, especially the first three of them uh, in that win streak. You know, scoring 94, 92, 89 points against some of these teams, it was uh, pretty amazing. You, you had Cole Swider get hot again. Jesse Edwards was growing just yet even more beyond where he was early in the year. I mean scoring 19 points in back-to-back games, you know, and, and having those extra guys made life a little bit easier on Buddy and Joe Girard. So I think mainly it was just, a, you know, for a short time period there, you just really were clicking on all sen- cylinders offensively. You mentioned Jesse Edwards, and that's a great segue into my next question because he's obviously out for the rest of the year with a fractured wrist. Frank and Salem started his place and grabbed 15 rebounds in the loss. I have two questions for you on that. How big was that performance for Syracuse, and can Frank keep it up the rest of the year? Tough question. First of all, the first half of the question is easy. He played great. I mean, 15 rebounds and six points. I mean, 
you'll take whatever offense you get from Frank and, you know, you're not asking him to, you know, create a shot or, or, you know, make a 10 foot hook shot or do, do anything. All you're asking him to do is position yourself near the basket. And if you get an offensive rebound, take it back up strong and try to dunk it. And if a guard comes in and can dish you the ball, just make sure you're in good position facing the basket with your momentum going towards the rim and you dunk it. And that's what he did. Um, you know, so, so you take the six points, but the 15 rebounds, I mean, uh, the most rebounds they've had this season, the, the most rebounds for a center since Barama Sidibe had 15 against North Carolina exactly two years ago. So, uh, and, and more than anything else, Frank played 37 minutes. Um, you asked me if, what can we expect out of him going forward. I don't expect what you just saw. I mean, for him to play 37 minutes, to stay out of foul trouble, I mean, that was great, but you can't expect that to repeat. I mean, Frank is averaging almost six fouls per 40 minutes, uh, and that's when he was just backing up Jesse Edwards, who was also averaging over five fouls per 40 minutes. You know, we saw how hard it was uh, early on, almost to the midway point of the season, uh, how difficult it was for Jesse Edwards to stay out of foul trouble, and really that was the biggest thing for him. I mean, he was adding offensively. He was being a great defensive presence, but – his bad games were when he just couldn't stay on the floor long enough or, or when he had to play tentatively because he had fouls and, and was out there in the game. And Frank's going to run into that too. He's young centers almost always do. And so, you know, the next couple games, maybe Frank can be okay. You know, Boston college doesn't have a great presence in the middle. I mean, Quinton post had a good game against Syracuse the other time around. So, you know, he'll be there, but, But in a few games here, when you see Armando Bacot of North Carolina, when you see Mark Williams of Duke coming to the Dome, those are going to be some really severe tests for Frank. And, um, you know, we'll just have to see how he can handle it. But, you know, what you are learning now is this is yet another young center with tremendous potential, and he certainly flashed it in a big way in that loss to Virginia Tech because those 15 rebounds were huge. Mike, you touched on Syracuse's upcoming schedule with Boston College and Georgia Tech. After that, Syracuse plays four games against the upper tier of the ACC. So I think the question in everyone's mind is whether Syracuse can finish with a winning record and have Jim Beheim avoid his first losing record for the first time in what seems like 100 years at Syracuse. <laughs> it does. I you know it's it's been over 50 years since Syracuse had a losing record. Jim Beheim's never had one. Uh, here they sit uh, with these six regular season games left. And you look at the next two at home, Boston College and Georgia Tech, and even without Jesse Edwards, you should win those games. Now, it'll be tough. I mean, if we saw Boston College sort of hang around with them at Conti Forum just a week ago, and, you know, Georgia Tech's going to come up here, and they're dangerous. I mean, any team that that features Michael DeVoe, is a threat to beat you on any given night. I mean, the kid can just uh, take over a game and score, and if he gets some teammates involved and, and gets some help from them, Georgia Tech can be a problem, but still, get those two. Um, and then you have to start doing the, you know, what, what's a winnable game uh, out of those last four. They would have to win one. Uh, a road trip to Notre Dame, playing great. A home game against Duke, obviously the best team in the league. A road trip to North Carolina, 
North Carolina's only lost one home game all year. I mean, they're not having – this isn't the best North Carolina team ever. Uh, they're not having a great season. But their only home loss was to Duke. So then you look at that last game, and it might come down to beating Miami in the regular season finale at the Dome to get to 16-15. and 15. And, you know, that'll be a tough one. Miami's a pretty good team. Obviously, you know, Syracuse uh, came up just short uh, down in, at Miami much earlier in the season, and now you don't have Jesse. Um, it, it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. I, I don't know. I, I think they can do it. I think they can get to 16 and 15. Um, but, you know, it's still a tough task, man, because you're, you're asking them to win uh, w- without a guy who was a candidate for the ACC's most improved player award. You know, a guy who was in the top 20 in the country and block shots. Uh, you know, he was just having a tremendous season on the offensive end. His offensive rating was unbelievable. His, his uh, field goal efficiency was unbelievable. I mean, if he had, it was just a, a couple games ago where he entered a game. If he had only had one more made shot uh, on the whole season, he would rank number one in the country in field goal shooting. He was at like 70, 69, 70%. Uh, he just didn't have the minimum number of makes. It's just, and it was a great year, Jesse. Your heart goes out to him. He's a, he's a good kid. Um, you know, we, we get to sort of know some of these guys. You know, we never really get to really know them, but we get to interact with them and talk to them. And anybody that's had a chance to, to sit down and talk with Jesse for even a few minutes understands pretty quick. He's just a tremendous young man. So uh, your, your heart really goes out to him, and you hope he gets a speedy recovery and is able to have a good off season where he can continue to work on his game and on his body and, and come back next year strong. Okay, Mike, so you mentioned the offseason, and we'll get you out of here on this one. From everything that's been said from the coaches and players, it seems like this is Buddy Beheim's last year at Syracuse. Even Jim Beheim mentioned a few weeks ago there's a chance that two to three freshmen start next year, which would almost certainly mean that Buddy Beheim is leaving. But he has a fifth year of eligibility remaining and could theoretically come back. Is there any chance that he stays? There's always a chance he could stay. Um, he has not given Indiana any indication that – He's really thinking of, of using that extra year and coming back. In fact, he's sort of indicated more so that, you know, he entered this season believing it was going to be the last year. But, you know, that's what you say before the season starts. I mean, who knows? I mean, he might say, you know what, this hasn't been uh, the type of successful season that I was hoping for, and I want to come back and try to make it better. So I, I, I really I don't like asking players what their plans are um, when the season's still going on, when usually we're asking them, if you, are you going to leave early? You know, like you, when you're asking, uh, you know, guys like Michael Carter Williams or Johnny Flynn or, you know, guys like Ad Malachi Richardson, you know, Billy Owens going way back for me, you know, are you coming back next year? And, and they'll always tell you either a, I'm coming back or B they'll say, I haven't made a decision yet. And I'm not thinking about it now. There's a variety. Of, you know, there's a wide spectrum there of, you know, what's an outright lie and what's the honest to God truth. And a lot of it is kind of like in the middle ground there, where like, yeah, maybe they haven't made an outright decision yet, but to say that they haven't thought about it, well, that might be a little bit of a fib. Um, and so you know, you don't know which buddy. I mean, you know what any of us says about you know whatever in in October. Are you really going to hold our feet to the fire and 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 in, in come April. So we'll see. I mean, 
But you do have to look at it like he is a kid who's had a full four years of the college experience. Um, you know, what's he really gaining? What's he missing out on? You know, what, depending on what he chooses to do with next year. I kind of still think that this is probably it for him. Probably. Um, but I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I, I won't be shocked by whatever he decides. But, you know, let's see how this season ends up. And, you know, I don't know if his decision is – uh, connected with his older brother Jimmy's decision. You know, Jimmy could theoretically uh, try to petition the NCAA to, to grant a, a waiver or whatever for the Ivy League rule that's not allowing any of their kids to get this extra gear that all the other college athletes are getting. Uh, Notre Dame center Paul Atkinson is in the same boat as Jimmy Beheim. Um, and Mike Bray just yesterday said that they've heard uh, nothing to in between nothing at all to nothing good from the NCAA in terms of indicating that they might rule in the Ivy League kids' favor. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But Jimmy's a, like his younger brother, buddy. Jimmy has indicated that he pretty much figured this would be his last year, no matter what. But again, you know, all these guys are free to change their mind, and and I'm not going to demand a decision right now when they still got games to play and that's that's really their focus right now mike as always we appreciate your time and insight again mike waters from syracuse.com and the post standard mike thanks again for coming on the podcast enjoy the rest of the college basketball season we'll speak with you soon wes i always enjoy talking to you it's good to hear your voice again and, and, and thanks for having me on the podcast Always great chatting with Mike, and I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, Syracuse saw its four-game winning streak snapped over the weekend in a 71-59 loss to Virginia Tech. The main storyline was the Orange was playing without Jesse Edwards, and I really think they missed him. What did you see in the loss? I agree, Wes. It absolutely uh, was evident that Syracuse is going to miss Jesse Edwards for the remainder of the season. He had come on so strong uh, since the ACC schedule has really gotten into the uh, uh, second month here in February, and his offensive production was picking up, and he was becoming a, a threat underneath, uh, inside on the offensive end. There's simply no doubt about it. It's certainly a big blow to lose a player like Jesse Edwards, who was keeping defenses honest, with his ability to score underneath and the Syracuse guards were getting him the ball and uh, screen and, and pick and roll type situations. Uh, it was really balancing the offense from the three point shooting. And as we've talked all season, Syracuse is going to need to win by playing great defense, but just as importantly, it's going to have to outscore its opponents by having plenty of offense. And that was evident in the four game winning streak averaging right around 80 to 90 points in those games and then scoring only 59 against Virginia Tech going cold the final six minutes plus of the game really made it tough to win on the road against another team that was playing just as well as Syracuse over the past month. Brad, I asked this question of Mike Waters, and I'll ask you the same. Frank Anselm filled in for Jesse Edwards in the starting lineup and finished with six points and 15 rebounds. What did you think of his performance, and can he keep it up over the last six games of the season? I, I certainly think it was an above-average performance by Frank Anselm, and I think that he's going to get better the rest of the way, but it's really hard when you're 
uh, doing on-the-job training in these critical uh, ACC games to try to finish up with a winning season and keep some sort of postseason hopes alive in, in, in of course, most likely the NIT. Uh, his foot speed still needs a lot of work. His speed, his his upper body strength, and that's only going to come with another uh, year of development uh, playing collegiately. But he's a great rebounder. Uh, but they, you can see that Syracuse misses a lot of offense with with him replacing Jesse Edwards underneath. He doesn't have the uh, the kind of touch or the feel around the basket. He certainly can dunk the basketball, but. Uh, he, he just doesn't bring the same offensive uh, acumen to the game for Syracuse at this point. But great on rebounding, great on defending shots. I also thought he was great in keeping offensive opportunities alive against Virginia Tech. Uh, and he, he will get better in, in the final, you know, five, six games here as, as the season comes into the, uh, into the stretch. But they, they, they certainly, you know, He's not going to make up completely for Jesse Edwards, but he's he's going to be a good fill-in. Uh, and, and I'd like to see a little bit more on that note, Wes, from Barama Sidibe. Uh, you know, we, we know he's been limited physically, but if, if he could mentally understand that it's really important for him to get, you know, five, six, seven minutes in a game, try to keep the fouls at a minimum and give Frank Anselm some rest, that would really help boost Syracuse down the stretch because they, they need height. They need height underneath. Well, when Jimmy Bayheim's played center this year, I really think that they, they've been victimized uh, on defense because he doesn't have the height as the other centers do, doesn't have the foot speed uh, that Jesse Edwards has been developing this year. So I really think it's important that, you know, Sadebe steps up in a reserve role now as much as his body can hold, hold up and help the team in addition to Frank Anselm. And Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. I want to switch uh, sports to lacrosse, Wes, and certainly a, a dynamic win in the first game under new head coach Gary Gate. And what I really loved about that, I really loved not only the, the new look with the coaching staff and the players and the young talent that's going to be developed on the roster. I'm a uniform guy, as you know. I loved that look, too. Nice, clean, new lacrosse uniforms. And I also was really excited to see the players' names on the back. I've been one that has always felt that Syracuse lacrosse, going back to the, the glory years under Roy Simmons Jr. and then the early John Desco seasons, should have been a team that had put the players' names on the back because Syracuse was the elite program in college lacrosse all those years of making the Final Four for 22 consecutive seasons. And I really thought that would have been an element to the uniforms that would have really stood out to say, we're Syracuse, we're Syracuse lacrosse, and here's the great players uh, that have been on the roster over the years. So not only the Gates, the Pals, the Marichecks, all of the All-Americans to have the names on the back would have really stood out uh, for the Syracuse program. But I really like seeing it now. And Gary Gate brought that over from the women's lacrosse team and uh, really a, a great look, a clean look. And now I just hope the team plays as well as they look for the remainder of the season. Brad, my closing thoughts are on our podcast guest today, Mike Waters, who was selected for the U.S. Basketball Writers Association Hall of Fame. Mike has been covering the Syracuse basketball program for more than 30 years and was previously named New York Sports Writer of the Year in 2019. He'll be inducted in a ceremony at the Final Four New Orleans in April. 
And as a frequent guest and friend of our program for more than 10 years now, I want to wish him a sincere congratulations on an honor that is well-deserved. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that I love the saying safety first because it makes me wonder what's next. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 